Farming on Moncrief with Mairead Lavery. Afternoon, Mairead. Another lovely day we're chatting on. Oh, it's gorgeous here. Absolutely lovely. You don't even need a jacket on if you go outside. And um, the grass is even growing in some parts of the country. And the cows are beginning to calve and they're out on grass as well. So in one respect, it's fabulous. Um, and every day like this really shortens the winter, gets you near the 1st of February, gets you through to March. But you wouldn't believe it. All this lovely, calm, mild weather, it can bring its own hazards. And farmers, they mightn't be so used to this weather, so they might forget that these are the con- exact conditions that lead to pneumonia in calves, baby Genie. calves and young young stock. And the problem is that there isn't, um, the lack of wind means that the natural airflow in many livestock sheds is limited. And this can increase the probability of pneumonia. So you need to keep, farmers need to keep checking their young stock, make sure they're okay. Watch out for animals that are standing more than usual, that are isolating themselves a bit, that are breathing heavier than usual. Um, one way you can do this is if you're feeding them meals once a day, have the, the, the feed and do it twice a day so you get a good chance to have a look at them. And um, so any of them that are slow to kind of come forward and talk to you more or less, um, you know, there's possibility that they could be in the early stages of pneumonia. Another thing you can do is um, clip the hair along their back and neck and removing that excess hair will keep the animals cooler and less prone to sweating. And the other thing that farmers always do is, you know, there's a big feeding passage in most of the sheds now with cubicles on both sides or housing on both sides. And they have these big um, machines that dole out and mix the food and they're left in the shed. But for whatever little bit of wind is there, those big um, machines are, um, you know, they're not letting the wind or, you know, the air circulate. So get those out into the yard and leave the passages in the shed free. And also then, if you're... um, if you have the space and the conditions are nice and dry, let the animals out onto the kind of the, you know, the concrete standing areas. And that will decrease the stocking numbers in the shed and it will help to keep the animals healthy. So it's just amazing. There you go. Something else crops up. Great weather. It does have, it can lead to pneumonia. And if you get pneumonia inside in a, uh, a pen of 20 young calves, it'll absolutely go rampage through them and you'll be left with an awful lot of work in your hands. So keep an eye on it now rather than later. Yeah, and also, I suppose this is also because of the good weather, particularly that there's dog attacks are a worry at this time of the year. Well, dogs, dog attacks, I haven't been reporting on them because, um, well, you know, I've come to the subject before and, you know, it's just like it's always with us. But... The latest attack right now, you know, sheep, our yos here are outdoors. They're, um, they, you know, we wouldn't be putting them in until early February anyway. But look at the way the grass is growing and everything. We'd probably be able to leave them out a bit longer. Now, all yos at the moment that are out on grass are very vulnerable to dog attacks. They're heavily pregnant. You know, they're, they're expecting to land maybe within four to six weeks. And they're very susceptible to, to getting into trouble. And there's been numerous attacks, uh, dog attacks, since last September, right across the country. And the latest one was up in Dunshockland in County Mead. And it happened on Friday night or Saturday morning. And over 100 heavily pregnant yos were attacked. Now, five of them were killed. 
three had to be euthanized because of their injuries, and 10 are unable to lift their heads due to the neck injuries that they received. So the, they were in a big field of about 60 acres, and they had space to run in every direction, and it probably saved many of them. And due to the injuries, it's suspected that the attackers were big dogs who were well able to jump up on the back of a yo and tear at her throat. And, you know, when they got home to their owners, they would have been covered in blood. And, mm -hmm. you know, just you, you, you can't emphasize it and say it more often. Um, you know, I, the nicest, quietest, lovingest dog can turn into a sheep killer in the right circumstances. And these sheep, you know, or these sheep, you know, we've used the term worrying. They will worry themselves into a state and, you know, it, they'll find it very hard to recover from that attack. And the real cost will be seen nearer lambing time when all the stillbirths happen. So the, the Gardaí are appealing for information on this and the owner. Um, the Dunshockland Gardaí, if you have any idea of any or any information that you might have on a dog attack, last Saturday, Friday, Saturday, Saturday, Friday night, Saturday morning. Yeah, it's, it's it's a weird thing about dogs that they can, as you say, they can oh, be the most placid yeah. dog in the world and they go nuts when they see a sheep. Yeah, and people and people can absolutely stand over the kindness of their dog and how loving the dog is and how friendly it is and nice to children and let it out in a field with maybe one or two compatriots and they go absolutely wild. And we, there's been, I mean, there must have been at least 10, 12 attacks, serious attacks now since September. But this was a very serious one in terms of the yos that were put down, the ones that are damaged and the, the thing, the problems to come with stillbirths and uh, and the fact that they won't thrive and they'll be nervous. And and the owner is left wondering who are, where are the dogs? Can I put them into this field ever again? You know, so um, not a good, not a good thing. Yeah. Now, a couple of uh, online events you wanted to talk about. Uh, the first one uh, yeah, about sheep. Yeah, we're still on the online events. They tried to open up there for a bit before Christmas, but then the Omnicom or whatever it is came along. <laughs> and uh, so hopefully we've seen the back of that now. But in the meantime, things go on, life goes on. And um, just before things get shocking busy, there's a couple of events on that I, I just want to bring to, to read our listeners' attention, particularly farmers. Um the, if you really want to be up with the latest trends and research on sheep farming, well, then the Chagas Virtual Sheep Conference takes place next week. Starts on Tuesday, the 25th and on Thursday, the 27th of January. And it's from 8 to 9 p.m. at night. And all the latest research from the National Sheep Programme, as well as the price and cost trends, will be there. And you can access the whole event on the Chagas um chagas.ie at corporate events, you'll see the, the references to it. And also, um, farmers, there's, there's, a, there's a big issue at the moment with the rising costs of animal feed and fertilizer that, you know, they're taking away any of the gains that were made last year. And they're a real concern to families and they don't know what's going on in the markets and they don't know why. So if you're looking to try to get a handle on that information and what's likely to happen, you could do well to check out the IFA webinar, which takes place tomorrow night at 8 p.m. And it's entitled Input Price Challenges, the Impact, the Outlook and the Strategies to Mitigate. And there's a very good lineup of speakers, including Liam Wolf of um, Grassland Agro and Lee McHale, who runs the EU office for, for IFA. And it's going to look at everything from the outlook for fertilizer the, and feed inputs, uh, what farmers can do to help 
make things easier or mitigate all these cost increases. And it look at what the EU can do to intervene. So um, one of the things that he, um, Tim Cullinan, the president of the IFA, is saying could be done straight away is that the low-cost finance made available so to li- minimise the cash flow pressure on farms. So again, that's a Chagask um, uh, event and you can find that on the website. Mm. Now, a lot of people are aware of the energy prices going up and, and, and supply chain problems and all that kind of stuff. That's hitting the pig sector. Why is that? Well, it's hitting the pig sector more seriously than any of the other sectors. Everybody's getting hit by it. But the pig pigs are a big problem because, you know, it's it's really about soaring energy costs, you know, keeping the pig houses all warm and, and the meal costs and the falling prices in the sector. So it's all kind of cut in, in a big whammy. And you've got COVID then on top of it um, because there was, you know, plant closures. You have Brexit, which disrupted the supply chain. So it's it's not a good situation at the moment for an awful lot of pig farmers. Um, it's a big sector to the Irish economy. It's worth about 540 million to the country annually. And at the moment, the pig farmers say they're losing about between 30 and 35 euro a pig. So what they've done anyway, um, the first thing that's happened to try and address this is that Borbia, who promotes Irish meat, Irish produced meat, um, Borbia has committed to run a consumer promotion campaign here in the country for Irish produced beef. Um, that's important because 50% of the pork we produce here is eaten here. So encouraging Irish consumers to support Irish pig farmers in these challenging times really matters. And, you know, I just ask people if they were planning to shop in this weekend for this weekend, try and put a packet of rashers, a piece of bacon, whatever, be it a side of pork or stuffed pork or whatever, into the, the, the trolley. Um, you'll know it's Irish produced if it has the quality, the board be a QA, quality assured mark. So it's really, you know, important if you can at all. So I know people are across all sectors are being hit by these inflationary prices. But um, if you could at all uh, support pork or um, this weekend with the board be a quality assured sign, it would be a big help. And it's also vital for pig farmers that hotels, restaurants and canteens insist on Irish produced products from their suppliers. And if you're going out to a hotel or a restaurant or whatever, or in the local, your work canteen, um, ask if the, the, the pork is Irish produced. It would be, it really would matter. Um, pig farmers, they were turned up in, in Tala in the shopping centre there last Monday to try and make shoppers aware of what was happening to them and to urge retailers to... Um, to give more space over to Irish produced product. Um, the Minister for Agriculture, Charlie McConnell, he knows about the issue. He's looking for, you know, appropriate measures uh, from the EU. And um, there's a couple of things being proposed, uh, such as a pause in the state levies, weekend shifts for processing plants and more space, as I said, for Irish produced pork on supermarket shelves. Yeah, well, but I'm, the, reason, I'm, the big <laughs> difference would buy a bit of pork. Yeah, I'm hungry now. Thanks, Marie. Talk to you next week. Marie Delavery there. You are listening to The Moncrief Show on News Talk. Farming on Moncrief with Marie Delavery.